Let's do it. Hello. Hi. And welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It is a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week... Two friends. Who also happen to be hairstylists. Break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden. And I am your hostess with the most S, Erica the Red. <laughs> and this week we have a guest. Um, Leisha is a stylist that left her full-time job, fully booked salon suite, to travel the world in her RV. She's developed such a unique niche that fills a gap in our industry that we've been missing for so long. And joining us today in the break room... We have the traveling hairstylist, Leisha Thompson. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Hello. I'm so, so excited to be here with you. I'm really excited to have you here because, truth be told, before you reached out to us, I came across your page and I was like, oh my God, this girl hacked life. Like, <laughs> we have to talk to her. So I'm I've, super stoked to talk to you. And we would be... Um, we should mention the fact that all of these guests have come to us from one very special guest yes. that connects us mm-hmm. all, and that is Lisa Huff. Yay, Lisa. <laughs> I know. Lisa. That's so, her superpower, I, I swear. She's, She's something just, I don't know, something about the community in there and bringing people together. Yes, she's so amazing at, like, building a community. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. And so mm-hmm. um, we were, we've kind of, intertwined now with Leisha because of Lisa. Mm -hmm. And I find this episode so exciting because it is something that Erica has been talking about even since before we knew you. And okay, so it's just been a thing that I've heard Erica mention to her guests over and over and over again. Like if I can make, if I can figure out a way to make this work, this is Mm -hmm. what I want to do. Yeah. And then just out of the blue one day, she was like, Hunter, look at this. She's doing what I want to do. (laughs) We have to have her on the podcast. And then life was busy and crazy. And we just didn't hadn't reached out to you yet. And then and then you the universe led you to us. Exactly. Yes. Well, I feel like we we might be kindred spirits then as we get into this and find more out. So I'm definitely definitely excited to to just chat into this and hear more from you too. Cool. So, okay. I'm raving about you. We know you're a traveling hairstylist, but for people who don't know who you are, explain to us what that means. Yeah. So I, like Hunter kind of said in the beginning, I was, you know, just a sweet stylist. I kind of did my, my thing just like we're all doing, but I found I think the last couple of years I was in my suite that I really kind of was just looking for something a little bit different, looking for a different way that I could give back to the industry. And, and I always had a love for passion or, or passion for travel. And that always has just fueled me. And so I always wanted to kind of figure out a way to blend the passions together of like, how can I travel, but still be in this industry and give back to this industry and mix these together? And what would that look like? And I think for a long time, I kept trying to figure out a way to do it for clients. And then, I don't know, it's hard to describe like exactly how it came about, but I started to realize that there were a lot of stylist friends in my industry just throughout my career that I found who 
went on, you know, had to go on a leave, whether it was planned or unplanned. Um, and it was such a struggle and like really looking at the resources in the industry, there just wasn't really a lot of routes you could really go. And so that's when I was kind of like, okay, the traveling hairstylist doesn't need to be for clients. It needs to be for stylists. Yeah. So basically what this is in short is an alternative option by stylist for the stylist to help cover your business as in your clients and give you some income security while you are gone on your leave. Again, whether planned, unplanned, so medical leaves, maternity leaves, um, any kind of leaves like that where if you've established business, you can feel like you can continue to nurture mm -hmm. that business through an experienced stylist who comes to you and um, kind of takes in as an, an additional you, in a sense, mm -hmm. for your clients. And um, yeah, that's kind of in short of what the traveling hairstylist is. So it's kind of an alternative option there. That's so freaking cool. Like, at what point, I mean, you said you were like, there was kind of a lot that led to it, but like, mm -hmm. was there something that made you realize like, okay, the client piece of this is like not going to work? Cause like I go home and I do hair when I'm back home in Oregon and stuff, but it's like, I also lived there majority of my life. So I do know people still, and I do have clients mm -hmm. that like when they know I'm coming, they're like, oh my God, I want to see you, you know? So if you're just traveling to random places, like that was kind of the thing that I'm like, how the heck do you get the people in your chair though? Mm -hmm. Like, How do you do it? Exactly. Like, I have all these great cute salons planned in a toy hauler, but like, how do you mm -hmm. get the clients, you know? So I just, you, I feel like you hacked it completely because I'm sitting here hearing you talk about it and I'm like, okay, so if you know you're going to have a baby and like, maybe you're not going to be able to take care of your clients, but you don't want them just going willy nilly all over town and maybe having a mm -hmm. bad experience, you know, you've got somebody that's reputable that can step in. It's like, why wouldn't you do that? Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And so yeah. you said emergency and that triggered a thought in my mind. So recently is, are you okay with me talking about it, your, yeah. okay. Recently, Erica has been ignoring an issue in her body mm -hmm. and trying to fix it the woo-woo way, and it's not so much working for her. And then it led to her having to, like, have to take two days off in a row where mm -hmm. she was already fully booked. What would a scenario like that for someone like you to come in, what would that look like? Yeah, so... First off, we I feel like we all know somebody who is like literally putting off their own health because of the fear, anxiety, just everything that comes up around like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do with my business? So you're not the only one, but the fact that that is such a common thing, like that is a problem. And that's mm -hmm. what we need to like be having better sources for. So to answer your question though, so I have, it kind of all starts with the form just so that we can kind of... Um, get a kind of a basis of like what you're looking for, when's the time that you're looking for. And then we do sort of like a discovery call because we want to make sure that everything is um, what you're looking for and kind of what type of like services are you doing? Like how mm -hmm. often are you working? Um, what products are you using? How much time and is that time fixed or is it flexible? Because sometimes you might have, you know, maybe a, a surgery that you're planning for a procedure but you need more time off than you realize, but you don't know it mm -hmm. until you're already in that. So 
um, kind of getting all those bases out and being able to kind of just talk back and forth and come up with like the rate that feels right and the schedule that feels right and um, scheduling it in. Um, and obviously right now, I'm a pretty small company, but I'm working on growing. So I, in hopes, wouldn't want to be able to have, you know, people to be able to fill in in the calendar, whether it's with me, a team member. Um, and then from there, it's kind of like, almost like onboarding, like with your clients, it's kind of the same set. Like we have introduction emails that go out to your clients. So they get to kind of know who's coming in and already are prepared for this. We can even kind of survey your clients to know like, how many of them are interested and, um, you know, what kind of, what services are they interested in just to have a really good idea of like exactly what to expect before the traveling hairstylist even steps in and you step out. And then from there, it's kind of just, um, you know, different checklists, any, anything that, you know, if there's any specific thing as far as like learning when the client steps in, what kind of experience are they used to? What amenities do you offer? Yeah. What's the add-on? So there's kind of a lot into, that sounds like a lot, but really when you're kind of getting into the process, it's pretty straightforward as far as like, like I said, if you think about it in the sense of like how you onboard a new client mm -hmm. and maybe they have forms that come out, maybe you have kind of things that go out in preparation or you set up amenities. It's kind of that same way, but just stylist to stylist. I like you mentioned it in one of your like first Instagram lives that you're almost like an advanced assistant, how mm -hmm. you would, you came in a week earlier and you were assisting the salon and you kind of mm -hmm. learned that first week about how that stylist handles their day and all of that. And then you were kind of transitioning into that stylist role. Um, is that something that you do since I guess that's been a while now? Is that something that you have done re repeat repeatedly? Like you go in a week prior, you learn the stylist, you learn the clients, and then you just go for it? Yeah. So the, I, so it kind of just depends on the situation. And that's something too, I've really learned with this is every situation is so different and everybody is so different and everybody's clients are so different. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like really being able to, kind of curate each experience to like what is needed and what's going to have the clients feel the most comfortable. Or if there's a lot of different, maybe there's a lot of different services that you offer. Like maybe you're also doing waxing, hair, um, eyebrows, like different things like that. And so there's a lot of different like procedures to where like seeing something visual, you can pick up on that a lot faster mm -hmm. than like, Hey, here's kind of like my checklist of what I've done. So I've done both. I've done where I've come in for like a week and kind of assisted. I've done where I've come in for just one day and kind of oversaw. And I've also come in where I didn't assist or oversee at all, but we did a lot of like almost video or checklist prior. Um, and then we just did like a salon tour together. So there's kind of several options that it can go um, just depending on what is needed and how much time people have. Cause there also might be a scenario too, where maybe someone is reaching out for this service who unfortunately like broke their leg or something and yeah. they can't even, you know, can't even show you anything. So being able to kind of work it in a few different ways, I think is important just since each scenario can kind of vary a little bit. But yeah. I like that. So, um, you said that you like kind of customize that experience. So do you go in and are you going to be using like the color that the client, the stylist, I guess, is using? 
and all the products that they're using and everything like that? Yeah. So again, that can even be kind of customized. So I've okay. done both. I've come to salons where they really wanted me to use their color line or the stylist really wanted me to use their color line. And we just kept track of like what was used. And then I just replaced at the end. Um, I've also, you know, worked in a salon where she wanted um, everybody kind of had their own. So she was like, I'm cool with you just like bringing in what you like to have. Okay. And you can kind of, um, you know, do your clients like that or do the clients like that. So I've definitely done both. And again, it's kind of preference. I mean, if people have very specific formulas for their clients and they're, they have a color line that they know really works, they've not had like reactions, then there definitely are instances where I think it can sometimes be a good thing to follow through with what's already being used. Yeah. Um, but there's some instances where maybe it's changed and being bringing my own color line can be an option too. But I think I prefer being able to use the color line because again, like having the formulas, knowing that there's like, you know, not certain reactions and things like that is a yeah. huge deal for me. And as, and I really like it to be like, I am, I'm like an extension of your regular stylist. So I, I want everything to feel comfortable and into what you are used to in the salon as much as I can possibly do. So, yeah. Okay. So have you run into any resistance like from anybody's clients? Um, I think the biggest thing that I've run into is not really resistance, but I think there's just a lot of clients who are get really nervous gotcha. and they almost have to like, let me have your up uh, some of these other clients mm -hmm. test you out and I'll just kind of like sit on the sidelines and kind of see how this goes and then maybe I'll get an appointment. Um, because the thing is, is if if your stylist is out they either are not going to go to anybody, which mm -hmm. is there's always a good, there's a small percentage of clientele that are not going to come to me, but they're not going to go to anybody. They yeah. are going to wait. Even if it is four months, they're going to wait. But what I've kind of found is about 70% of people's clientele's still want to be serviced. And if they're not being serviced by me, they're going somewhere. Mm -hmm. So you might as well go to the same space that you're used to and have the same kind of experience that you know and you can count on and this and have the products that you know work for you mm -hmm. rather than you know going to a whole new space and it's always like you don't it's always like you go to a new space and it's always like the parking you know you always get so anxious about just where to park and how do i go and where do i step in and that's just the yeah, first step you know totally. and then it's like you're getting to know a whole new stylist so so not really resistance but i will say some clients have felt i think just nervous yeah. at first which is totally expected and trying to just put as much of like the work that I'm doing now and more communication, mm -hmm. I think is helpful to kind of ease people into that so that they're like, okay, okay. Like I can, I can get down with this. I like it. And I guess your the, their stylist is kind of vouching for you because she hired you to come in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned you're a small company now and you are trying to build. What steps are you taking in order to build your community of traveling hairstylists? Well, that is a good question because honestly, this has just really started to, I think I've kind of hit that benchmark really just recently where I'm like, okay, I think, because I think I really wanted to be able to take a year and trial it out and be my own guinea pig and, and figure out like, where are the holes? Like, where can, where can this grow? Where does this need to change? And, you know, just kind of see like, what kind of response do I get from people? Like, what's the best way to, to communicate these different things? So 
now that I've done that, I'm like, okay, no, this is, this needs to be my mission. Like this is what I'm meant to do. And I see such a future of this within the industry. So, so yeah, now I'm kind of um, starting to figure out like, how I can kind of network and find the stylist who maybe either they're like me or, and they kind of are looking for something a little bit different mm-hmm. um, than what they're doing, or they want to be able to travel, or maybe they want to just be able to have the opportunity just like a couple times a year. So I'm trying to kind of dive into my communities a little bit and network and really kind of get an idea of like where people are at and how I can speak to them to maybe recruit the right people, I think, for mm-hmm. the traveling hairstylist. All right, girl. Well, let me get an RV first, okay? <laughs> yeah, um, I can help you with that too. Actually, <laughs> really? Oh my god. Okay, this is so awesome. Okay, so you're looking at building into a team, but here's—I mean, I'm just gonna get down to the nitty gritty. How do you charge? Yeah. Like, how do you charge? What like? I was looking work. for a segue to get into the money yeah, part. Yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're well, as, yeah, that's a big a thing, stylist, and I think that's also what makes this different mm-hmm. because obviously there's a couple of things that I, I think are important. There's charging and, and, and uh, licensing okay. when it comes to this kind of role. And to start with like the money part of it, one thing that I've kind of found to make it really streamline and have it meet the legalities of mm-hmm. being able to do this is actually operating more on a daily rate. So, um, when I'm talking with stylists, we basically are figuring out, you know, what will fill the schedule. Cause usually I'm not working the exact same schedule as they are, because like I said, there's always a good, a good percentage of like maybe 30% of clients who were not going to be interested during your leave. It's just how it is. So with your 70%, how often they come in, is that filling out three days, four days, two days? Like, what does that look like? And when we kind of think about your your area, um, your hourly rate, we come up with a daily rate that feels good for both of us. Um, and what that means is obviously I uh, have the rate come through and then whatever, or they, we have the rate of the money come through and whatever is over, like say just for money purposes or just sake of numbers let's say i did 500 dollars of services in a day and my daily rate is 400 or something that extra 100 stays in the pocket of the stylist that i'm covering with so there is an opportunity for the stylist that i'm covering to make a little bit of like supplemental income um, whether it's just to cover their rent for where they're at if they're a rental stylist or um you know if they've had a baby, diapers are not expensive no, or not expensive. Cheap. So, you know, even just for little things like that, it's, it's, uh, that can be a little bit of a supplemental income for them. So as far as like on the team, I am still like the facilitator of, mm-hmm. of things. And I have created like the forms and the contracts and all of that. So basically there would just be like a 5% cut and still you have your daily rate and the overage to the stylist. So there's kind of three ways that that goes, mm-hmm. but but I've just kind of found that having a consistent rate keeps it so that as you as yeah. the stylist who is traveling to that person, you have a little bit of expectation of what to make and how to budget and, and how that goes. The stylist can still have overage. And then me as the facilitator who's kind of brought in everything and connected people, um, there's a cut there. So that's kind of 
what that looks like, I guess, from the income purposes of yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Um, and then the licensing too, just to touch on that. Licensing, I thought was going to be something that was going to be, I think, a little bit more difficult actually than what it has been. It's honestly been very, very smooth. I've been so grateful for that process because we do have great opportunities through reciprocity and endorsement that really allows you to transfer your license pretty easily to most of the states. And I say most just because California, Idaho, there's a couple of states that are a little bit trickier about it. Um, but I've had pretty e much ease with that. Everybody, there's a fee and that's pretty much it. And I've even been able to acquire my license. I think North Carolina was the fastest and I got it in like 18 hours. So not even, it didn't even take like a full day. Dang. Um, I yeah, I know there, some of the states are, are so quick. I don't think it's ever taken me more than a month to get my license. So, so that's another thing too, that is important to kind of know with mm -hmm. this, but it's super doable and very possible. And, and it's honestly been a pretty smooth system with that. Totally. Mm -hmm. I will say knowing you're from Ohio, Ohio has one of the easiest reciprocities that I've ever done. You just send an email and they send you your license mm -hmm. within a few hours. That's how Washington was, at least for me. Cause I, yeah. it was like, pay this 50 bucks. I think mm -hmm. I went down to the office and did it and left with the license, you know? So yeah. Easy. Yeah. Some of them are, are so like, I would say North Carolina to me has been the easiest and fastest. Mm -hmm. They were so like their website was so easy and like, it, yeah, it was nice. But so a lot of them are like that. I think it's just more so some of them take a little bit more time than others, but that's, it's do doable for sure. Tennessee gave me hell getting my license. I was going to say, Tennessee <laughs> is pretty difficult. Um, so you just mentioned North Carolina, but we saw mm -hmm. you in, on the West Coast not that long ago. Yeah. So you've been in Utah and Arizona. And I'm yeah, assuming I, now Yeah, North just Carolina? this year, I was started in Arizona, and then I was in um, Utah, and then I was in North Carolina, and then now I'm in Illinois. So usually I am in an area for a few months, like two to three months. So, um, so yeah, that's, I've been literally back and forth this year, which is, I love that though. <laughs> and so you've been taking your RV everywhere you go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my, it's my family, my husband, my two dogs, my cat, they all travel with me. And my husband has been able to kind of make his position work for where he's just transferring. Um, so he's been able to even continue to keep his job while we're on the road. And, and yeah, and I get to kind of have my family with me, which is, is, is a huge aspect for me. It's so freaking cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and then you and your husband got married in Utah, right? We did. <laughs> yeah, you were really looking. I, um, yeah. So last, May, we did get married on literally the edge of the canyon in um, Moab, Utah, which was perfection. And you guys, <laughs> I couldn't have had it any better than that. She wore the most beautiful black dress with like hiking boots. It was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. I want to be your yes. best friend. Thank you. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. What was I going to ask? Okay, I want to go back to the money piece again. Yeah, because I like the fact that the stylist gets still a cut 
of the money, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's like, okay, well I'm taking this time off work. How am I going to pay somebody to come in and take care of my clientele? You know, that can be mm-hmm. overwhelming. A lot of us don't have insurance, like disability insurance, you know, mm-hmm. I was, that was one thing when I was like having a panic attack from my pain and everyone's thinking my rotator yeah. cuff is cor- torn. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Like I'm a single woman. If I'm not making the money, there ain't mm-hmm. no money girl. You know, so that's what I was thinking, like, oh, my God, what would I, what am I going to do? So I like that. I think that's a really good note in your business model if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you don't want to be a traveling hairstylist, but you might want to have a traveling hairstylist come in. That's a really good selling point, like hairdresser to hairdresser. Um, Yeah, and I'd like to add to that, that too, because, and I'll be totally real with you, I still don't have health insurance because Mm -hmm. I cannot even... It's just insane. Like yeah. health insurance when you are a self-employed person and yeah, it's just a whole thing. And, but I think that's another aspect is like, I'm saying that, but I can guarantee there are so many people listening to this episode who almost don't want to admit that they also don't have mm-hmm. like either health insurance at all, or it's like shitty health insurance. So, and that's even another problem too, is it's like for, for us in the industry, I think for we've not had a lot of good options or resources or really anything. And it causes us to put our health last. Mm -hmm. And we literally cannot continue to do what we are doing in our careers if we don't take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, is such an important like why for me in this is being able to have a resource where truthfully, it's not like it's costing any extra for a stylist to bring you in they are being able to, like I said, continue to nurture their clients. They're getting some supplemental income. And one of the biggest things is security Mm -hmm. because you also will hear of stylists who go on a leave and they've kind of maybe dispersed clients out or whatnot. And then they're coming back and half their clientele are gone. And somebody who was established maybe left. And now here they are almost having to start over. And it instantly puts this like weird mindset thing in her head where it's like oh i took too long off Mm -hmm. or oh i didn't like prepare them better or i didn't take care of them better when we were trying to take care of ourselves or another little one if you brought a baby into it and 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 even and that's why even too like there are eight states who offer like pfml which is a really great alternative to use but i still think even if you have that to kind of help give you income it's still that security and nurturing aspect that I think is so, so important that the traveling hairstylist can provide for those times and those leaves. Well, for, go ahead. For someone who, me, doesn't know what PFML is, what is PFML? Paid family medical leave. Oh. Yeah, it's it's paid family medical leave. And you you do have to kind of, if you've been able to like pay into it for about a year, I think it can give you like a pretty good amount of your income weekly. Like you're still getting a paycheck weekly and it can last for up to 12 weeks. It's a really, really great resource. If you are, um, you know, you're having like a baby coming up where you have a little bit more time to maybe start putting money into it. Um, and you're actually getting like kind of your pay still through the week. So income wise, it really helps cover you. But there's only eight of the 50 states who even offer that. So, I mean, that's so low. Yeah. But again, like I said, even so you have like your income portion of it covered. There's still the 
just security and clientele portion, because it always kind of comes down to like three things for me. The three biggest pain points of a leave are income, security, and clientele. So yeah, PFML is a really great option if you are in a state that offers it, uh, which is, I actually have a list over here, which is um, California, Rhode Island, Maryland, New York, Delaware, Colorado, Connecticut, or Washington. You should totally look into it because it's a great resource to have too. I like it. I was going to say, um, one of the things that like I was worried about one of them (laughs) was like with taking time off or like, I was just trying to push through last week because I had such a busy week and like, I don't want to cancel on my clients. Like I don't (laughs) want to put them out. I don't want to upset them. Like Every client that sits in my chair and has stayed with me as a hairstylist has already been through enough with me. They don't need more, right? No, just mm-hmm. kidding. Um, but, like, that was a huge factor for me, too, not only just the money part. So, like, I like that you said that that was a big why for you, too, was, like, the caring for your clients. Any of us who are hairstylists, we're caring by nature. It just is in mm-hmm. our personalities. You can't do what we do if you don't have it, right? But, like we want them to have a good experience and yeah, it's not just about missing the income so much as it's like, Oh my God, I don't want to, I don't want to have to cancel on so-and-so. I know she's got this big thing coming up or like whatever it is, like people are counting on us. Right. So Mm -hmm. I do think that that's another really good point to this is like, it isn't just about the lost income. There is also that factor. Cause I know I went on maternity leave and I had planned on taking 12 weeks off, but I only took six Mm-hmm. And, and then when I, like, came back, a lot of my clients had been serviced by somebody else, and, like, it was more convenient, and it wasn't necessarily that, like, they liked their hair better or didn't like me or something. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, this is only 10 minutes from my work or, like, whatever it was. And so you're right. There is this whole portion of your clients that just by being one give card away, as they say, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, the other stylist worked out for them. And that's 100% okay but, like, if you've already got an answer provided for them and they don't have to change their routine at all and they know that their stylist that they trust has entrusted you with them and that they trust their clientele with them, I just think there's, like, a – I'm sure, like you said, some people are like, oh, God, I'm nervous because it's a new person. Mm-hmm. But I think that gives some peace of mind that wouldn't be there if you're just like, well, sorry, i got to have surgery and I can't yeah. do anything. You know, your clients, you're just like – my friend across town's good, you know, like, yeah. or see this person. Yeah. So. And, and I think too, just like, because I am the one who's taking care of these clients when you're on leave, I've even been able to dive into like their pain points mm-hmm. while in like past leaves that they've experienced, which is, is a really insightful and interesting conversation because they never want to put their pain points on you mm-hmm. because you obviously you've got your thief, you're taking care of somebody, you're taking care of yourself. But it's been interesting to even hear clients who've maybe gone through a leave with their stylist and what they kind of think. And they've told me things like, um, like they were referred to this one stylist, but when they kind of like looked them up, they just like felt uneasy about it. So then they just like didn't get their hair done at all. I've had people tell me like that they just kind of feel like they're being inserted into somebody else's schedule when they don't really want them. And that just always leaves like a weird taste in their mouth and they never feel like it's the same kind of service. So So, yeah, I mean, there's almost there's pain points on both ends of it. And so I think that is, again, just another really great way to nurture their clients so that they're like lifetime clients for you, because the best thing about it is I don't stay. 
I'm not, they're not coming my clients. I'm coming in for you and nurturing your clients for you. And then I'm out. Mm -hmm. So these clients are taken care of and feeling good. And they're still in the comfort of your salon and salon Z even. And they're excited for when you come back. And when you are coming back, rather than coming back with like, you know, feeling like you've got the expectations of the business that you left, you can come back knowing where everyone is at, who's been serviced Mm -hmm. and being able to almost dive right back in as if, you know, you never left, which is exactly how I wanted to feel. I love, love that. It. I know. Love so it. you mentioned that the overage uh, after your day rate would be mm-hmm. that could be used for anything that they need at home or to pay their rent. So the if they are a booth rental stylist, are they still responsible for their rent each week out of their overage or? Do you pay that rent since you were working at that space? Ooh, good question. Yeah, so that can be both again. So I was in a salon where um, she was a booth runner, but she was still responsible for her rent, um, which was totally met with every overage that she had. So I didn't take care of any of that. However, I do have a salon. I'll be in in Washington next year. And she is one of the stylists who actually has been utilizing PFML in her state, the paid family medical leave. So because of that, our rate changes to where I will actually be covering the rent. It's almost indirectly kind of like a subleasing type of thing since she already has her income aspect and she actually can't show that she has made any extra income. So I'm coming in on a little bit of a different pay structure there um, to be able to still service her clients. I'll be paying that rent and um, yeah, using the color and everything. So, so it can kind of work in both ways. Again, Mm -hmm. that's where it's like having the discovery call in the beginning is really so important because there's so many aspects that can kind of change like what fits best for that stylist or salon. I just love how you have kind of adapted and evolved everything Mm -hmm. as it's gone along. And there's not really anything you can't do with this. (laughs) You've come up with a solution for every problem. So I think that the longer you do it and then... The easier, more streamlined it's going to get. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I found that out really quickly because I think going into this, I almost had too much of an idea of how I thought every single step was going to go, you know, like we all Uh do with things. (laughs) But I really kind of found that like, gosh, no, like we are all such unique and we have such unique businesses and like how we do things that there's no reason why this can't kind of fit the needs of what is needed. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest like keywords of like who I am as a stylist is adaptable and versatile. And I'm like, this is too though. So I can make, yeah, this can kind of fit the, fit the needs of the person and and can tweak and change how it needs to, as long as it is still fitting both people's needs Mm -hmm. and fits the legalities of everything when it comes to taxes, that's what's important at the end of the day. So, so yeah. So, um, question, some of these are just popping in my brain as you're talking. Yeah. Um, Do you, obviously I would assume most of who you are working with is like, independent stylist is there any scenarios in like a commission stylist setting that like and a lot of stylists are independent now but like hunter and i are commissioned so let's say this mm-hmm. is this was a torn rotator cuff and i have to take six weeks off of work and i need somebody to step in is that something that that can work or is it different because it's an employee situation 
Uh, no, it can still definitely work. It's just rather than me just having a conversation with the stylist, we definitely are bringing that owner okay. into it because mm -hmm. there's, oh, there's things that owners want to know too, by bringing somebody in and mm -hmm. like, even just little things like, is this somebody who's going to come in and like steal things? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think yeah, there's yeah. a peace of mind, even with like the salon owner that they need to be a part of that conversation. And, and it's kind of like, we're almost working with the owner more but with the still the stylist mm -hmm. really is kind of how that ends up going okay. because the this the salon owner and that's their structure and you're the employee so and i kind of was in a position like that really in arizona because i was helping now a um a couple stylist uh clients but i was also just kind of helping out to the salon as well because Another way that this can kind of be used in a, this was, I really didn't think about this in the beginning was salons who face like high tourism seasons. Um, and oh. they don't want like their regular stylist to take on temporary mm -hmm. clients because they want clients, they want to be busy all year long. Yeah. So rather than having like your regular full-time clients taking on temporary clients who just like Florida, Arizona, where yeah. people kind of go down for the winter for just a few months you can have a temporary stylist for those temporary clients. And then that way your regular clients can continue to fill their books all year long. So I was kind of almost that position as well. So I kind of did like a triple position there and it was really great. It worked so seamlessly, but I, I did kind of work almost more with the owner with structuring that than the stylist. That is such a unique Seriously. concept. Yeah, I'm you're obsessed. so brilliant. Oh my God. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend who lives in Sarasota and she even has gotten to the point where her like intake form will ask clients like, do you live in this area more than three months? Because she's like, it's so, I don't like being in that spot where three months of my year are crazy and then the rest aren't. And I was like, that actually could be a perfect scenario for the traveling hairstylist as well for salons who want to be able to, yeah, have a better fit for that. Oh my I gosh. could die right now. You're like the smartest woman on this earth. I just, I love <laughs> oh it. <my> <laughs> so, Seriously. okay, let me just say this all was like, I had so many people, and I'm so grateful for the communities that I am part of because I know I'm like a one woman show now, but I really owe so, so, so much thanks to just the community and stylist friends that I have because this would not be what it is without multiple brains. <laughs> so, is this um like a product of Stoll Stylist Tribe, like brain? Did you join that and then your brainchild blossomed yeah. and then... I've been in Style Soul Tribe for a while. And so this idea was... It is kind of like a Style Soul Tribe baby idea, yeah. baby brain idea. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of the the women in there. The, a lot of their brains and just like inspiration has definitely have helped me mm -hmm. shape things along the way. So totally. I love it. All right. And the last money question, I'm sorry I'm to probe into it, but no, you're I'm fine. curious because I just think you've hacked life and I'm like, really want to know, <laughs> um, how does it compare to life in the suite? Like financially, like, are we doing the same? Are we doing half, but your living expenses are less? Like, are you making more? Like, where are we at? So I'm not at the point where I'm making the same or more, okay. um, which is okay for me because I feel like I'm gaining so much more from just the aspect of the freedom and flexibility that yes. I have as a stylist mm -hmm. that I didn't have being in my suite. And that to me is worth so much. Yeah. So 
Um, not quite the same, not more, at least now. And I think like this is another thing too, is like, because I've been in that first year, I have really been going a little bit like low rates because I'm mm -hmm. like, I just want you, I just want to get in this and yes. start working it. So um, now that I've kind of been in a little bit more, I feel like I've got like better averages and better like base rates to kind of go off of to make sure that like, I'm still taking care of obviously of my needs too. Totally. But I don't know that I'm necessarily in this to be like, I don't know, like becoming some crazy, I mean, obviously that would be nice, but I, I don't know that I went in this feeling like I needed to make more than what I was because gotcha. it was kind of almost the freedom aspect for me that was so, just felt so wealthy to me in itself. And Absolutely. being able to experience different areas and every few months I'm in a different area and I get to be by the sea sometimes and the mountains sometimes. And, and but I'm also... I feel so fulfilled because I'm giving back to in a time where people feel like they have no resources and a lot of fear and anxiety around what's going to happen when they leave. And that also is so fueling for me. So, so no, I would say I'm definitely, and I wasn't, I was a six. Oh no, we lost her. Oh no. You're frozen. Alicia! difficulties oh. oh there you are oh, can you oh okay yeah that was yeah. okay there we are we i don't it. even okay. know what i was okay. saying you last said i was or a... if you guys could even still hear me yes we could not hear you but what was the okay. last thing she the said the last thing you said was i was a, uh, and then that's all i heard oh okay um let me go back you were getting okay. the fulfillment from helping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I wasn't, I'm not exactly to a point where I'm making as much as I was, but I feel like I have so many other gifts that I feel like I am, I'm, I'm more where I want to be now than what I was then. But there's definitely a potential to, I think, really make good money and also gain freedom and flexibility mm -hmm. in such a creative interesting way that is hard to do um sometimes as being a salon owner or a sweet stylist or um not that there's not options there but this is like going to the extreme with freedom and flexibility i think mm -hmm. so so yeah no i love it because i do agree with you like i mean obviously money is not everything you know and mm -hmm. there is if i could do what i like doing uh, while also getting paid to do what i like doing <laughs> Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? I just, I think it's great. I'm, oh, I wasn't asking because I thought you were after some big money making scheme. I just was curious, like how, yeah. does it, how does it relate? You know? So, um, no. And I think that's a good question too, uh, or even really think about too, because I think, I think that's kind of almost what makes it the right fit for certain stylists. It's mm -hmm. almost stylists that are like, no, I know I could make such insane money being where I'm at, but I'm just looking for something more. Mm -hmm. And the more I think is, is like I said, the the wealthy gift of the traveling hairstylist. So no, I think that's an, like an important point to bring up too, though. Well, and it's also important to note that whenever you do live in an RV versus living in a home, your expenses are l lower mm -hmm. than yeah. Rent like renting something because insane. I mean, yeah, we live in Nashville, so rent is mm -hmm. astronomical. Places like LA, rent is astronomical. So if you think of a payment on an RV or buying your RV with cash mm -hmm. and then just living, your expenses will be lower. So 
as far as that and there's also yeah and there's other options too like not everyone who does this has to live in an rv i mean airbnb does like month monthly rentals now which is really great where you don't even have to like bring anything with you you could Mm -hmm. go move into temporarily into an airbnb and um pay a monthly rate there and there's so many so many different things like i've even heard of one called hay landing which is like temporary um leases as well that you can choose how long you want and so it's yeah it doesn't just have to be rv life but i mean rv life is is pretty cool i will say that but i just like (laughs) yeah it's so cool because i mean i'm a nature girly and so i'm like dude how cool would it be to just be like go home to your little camping spot every night Mm -hmm. like but i mean you know I feel like Erica is definitely more of like she's going to get a sprinter van so that she can take it like on the beach and stuff. Yeah, probably. But I think you're I think now that we've had this conversation, Erica's wheels are just turning (laughs) and burning. Well, okay, I will be completely transparent about why I had so many financial questions. The reality is like I have a son, you know, Mm -hmm. he's 14. So my plan has just been like, all right, when Deacon goes off to school, like, yeah. I, I don't have so much responsibility. Like, this is something I want to do for, you know, I don't know, two or three years and travel the country and figure out if I want to stay here or go out of the country or buy some property somewhere or whatever it mm-hmm. may be. I just like, I'm, I'm an adventure girly. I'm a little bit of a wandering heart and I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm finally comfortable with the fact that I'm not the settling down type, you know? So I'm like, okay, this is how we're going to make this a reality. So, like I said, when I came across your page, I was like, oh, oh This is God. for me. Yeah. We are so the same. I am definitely such a wanderlust at heart. I'm a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't stay in one place right. all the time. That's just how we are. But, you know, and even now, maybe, like, summers for you. Well, you I take was- your son. You could totally. go work a summer job in your cute little van mm-hmm. and then when he goes off to whatever he wants to do afterwards then yeah it could be like your full-time thing but i, I don't know maybe you could kind of dip your toes in the water well, that's kind of what i was thinking is like dipping my toes in we're gonna be mm-hmm. having other conversations at some point here next year <laughs> <laughs> just gonna say that well um, yes so we normally start our episodes off asking each other how our weeks are or giving a peek in a pit. And mm-hmm. we totally got too we excited. Yeah. We did. And <laughs> forgot to mention. So let's do our peaks and our pits before we go. Okay. Um, do you want to go first? Well. I know your pit. Yeah. <laughs> my pit is that I have a pinched nerve in my neck right now. Um, I woke up, what was it, two Saturdays ago. By the time I got to the salon, I was, like, ready to crawl out of my skin because my whole shoulder and, like, arm was numb and, mm. like, burning at the same time. And so we call, we texted our associate, and I was like, I'm Venmoing you money. Please stop at Walgreens and get me these numbing patches. So I got through the day. I just woke up with my shoulder hurting, right? I did just turn 38, but, you know, come on. I thought it would, I thought it would go away and it didn't go away. didn't go away. Well, I had, I would have had like a 3000, I like probably a record breaking week last week. And that is another reason why I was just like, no, I don't want to take that off. So I went to the chiropractor. I texted my boss Monday morning and I did go to the chiropractor Monday morning, but then I came and I did like six blow dries in a row and I'm right-handed and it's my my right side. So that was rough. By Wednesday, Uh. I was driving into work and I literally was like having a panic attack, actually screaming at the top of my lungs because the skin, like the, 
it's so irritating that it makes me want to crawl out of my skin and there's no relief and I can't keep it out of the back of my mind ever at any point. Like, it's just so frustrating. So Wednesday I got sent to the doctor. Sent home, sent to the doctor. I got a stern talking to about how I don't listen to my own advice and I have to listen to my body. <laughs> and I was forced to take the weekend off, um, which was good. I got some steroids. It did bring the inflammation down, but it's not it's not better. But I'm going to the chiropractor after this, so I'm hoping that will do the trick. Yes. So that's mm. my peak. The, honestly, not to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I don't really have a peak. It was kind of a shitty week. <laughs> kind of I shitty. I feel that. You know, Aww. like, I didn't sleep very much. I'm very sleep deprived. But, I mean, I guess the peak was that I got two days off to lay around, <laughs> you know? So... Look at Silver, the bright side. Silver lining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did I did get the time to take care of myself, even though I had to be forced to do it. Mm-hmm. But it did make me wake up a little bit and just realize that, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just needed a stern momming. Like, I needed it. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways, moving on. Leisha, Hunter, somebody. <laughs> Go ahead, Leisha. Okay. Um. Well, I feel bad to follow up with this because my no. peak... <laughs> Is about a massage that I got, and it was probably <laughs> it was like one of the best massages I ever got yesterday. I and it just that. like I swear reset my body. So maybe you should also book yourself a massage appointment well, this week as well. My, but um, my, my boss referred me to her massage therapist, and I was supposed to have one at three o'clock today. But then she texted me the therapist mm-hmm. and moved it to Friday. So I am having one on Friday. The craniosacral. Okay. I don't think it's her. I think it's a different one. Oh, okay. It's more of like a medical one, and they take my insurance, which is great. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a great yeah. peak. Yeah, so I'm glad you got a massage. Don't worry. I will do the same <laughs> soon. Um, And then I think pit-wise, I, I don't know. I feel like the weekend was just weird for me, and I cannot even explain it because I know there was like a super moon or something. I feel like it shifted some energy because I just had this weird energy, and then I had a Thai some Thai restaurant that I tried for the first time in this area that I'm in and I love Thai food, but it just did not hit the spot for me. It was not it. So I was like, Oh man, like this weird energy week and weird Thai food. And I don't know. So that's That's my pit. (laughs) I like it. Your turn. Okay. So my peak is that in a week from now, I will be in Los Angeles. Mm teaching a class Ooh, mm-hmm. with nice. one of my idols who can J- you tell him mr jay ladner jay ladner <gasps> we love him I, here. Used, I know jay ladner from when he was in dayton ohio because that's yes. where i'm from Aww. and he had a salon nice he sure did oh my gosh yeah so he's one of my idols and i get i get the opportunity to teach a class with him in fast foils and i booked a flight and so I'm going to show up in L.A. And I'm going to be like, hi, I'm here. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> um, He's in the room. Because it is a, it's, it was technically a virtual class, but I had a class that I had paid for mm-hmm. that I was going to go to, but that got canceled last minute. So mm-hmm. my peak is that I'm going to Los Angeles, which is one of my favorite places in the world, and I get to teach a class with... My literal the idol. myth, the man, the legend himself. Right. <laughs> um, and then my pit is that... Mm. So 
I was booking travel for another class mm-hmm. in like three more weeks and I called the salon to confirm everything after I booked the tickets. Oh no. <laughs> and because I just jumped the gun yeah. and they canceled the class. So oh. yeah. So I don't get so, to go to Virginia. Are but you, did you get a refund on your ticket? I immediately credit? called my manager because it has to be approved first. Oh, okay. And I was like, please don't approve that. I know you're really, really quick at approving them. Yeah. Don't approve that one. <laughs> please suck at your job today. <laughs> yeah, like don't <laughs> don't look at it yet. Um, but yeah, so my pit is that I had a class canceled, but I get a weekend off, mm-hmm. so I'm not too mad about it. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Well, also, Alicia, LA, oh, Virginia. Right. So, I mean, right. I think it kind of kind of works. It balances out. <laughs> yeah. It balances out. Totally. Um Okay, so Alicia, if anyone if someone wants to join your initiative or just follow along on your journey, how can they find you on the internet? Yeah, so I am on Instagram. You can follow me um, on there at the traveling dot hairstylist. I'm also um, I just have a website, which my website I feel like really gives a lot of like detail too. If you're more interested or you want to read more about it, <clears throat> um, which it's just the traveling hairstylist.com. It's also linked on the Instagram too. Um, and I do try to send out like regular like emails and stuff too. So if you kind of like, if you're interested, but you're not sure you want to know more information, definitely subscribe to, um, cause I feel like emails, I really try to like put a lot in info in those as well too. So, so yeah, Instagram website, email, all of those work. I love, love it. it. Well, if you want to follow us on our social media journeys, I am at Herrick Hunter on all the things. And I'm Erica the Redhead on all the things. Our podcast is at Break Room Banter Pod on all of the things. You can also, if you are looking for additional ways to support us, you can subscribe to our Patreon, and that's www.patreon.com forward slash Break Room Banter Pod. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Um, And if you made it to this point in the episode, leave a comment down below using the word travel. Travel. Travel, yeah. (laughs) Oh, love it. Love. And until next time, remember, you always have a seat at our table. Bye. Bye.